0: Hi, we're the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Ben in LA and Andy in Oakland. So we've got a state side heavy pod before the big election next week. Um, so it's game week six is still kind of still going. We're recording during the Arsenal-Leicester game and there's a couple of games on Monday so we can't fit those in which is a bit sad. Um, this week so far it's kind of seems like a bit of the reckoning, so we've been had a, had a pretty unpredictable season so far with all the goals and stuff happening, and you know Villa winning against Liverpool and stuff like that, but everything's changed again, so Villa, who've won every game, they lost Man City, who have beaten West Ham away to a ridiculous aggregate score line, only drew everton, who are on fire gets schooled by Southampton. Man United-Chelsea looked like it was going to be a gold fest and it was a nil-nil. Um, Liverpool can't keep a clean sheet at home to Sheffield United. So, yeah, I mean, forget predicting this league. It's all over the place. Um, welcome, guys. Welcome, Andy. What was your your football moment of this game week?
1: So, my, my football moment of the week uh, came in the extremely exciting nil-nil draw between Man United and Chelsea. Um, the closest, possibly the closest, that that came to being uh, to a goal goal happening in that game was Edouard Mendy, the new goalkeeper who's replaced uh, Calamity Kepper at, uh, at Chelsea. Um, early on in the game, received uh, a gentle back pass to his feet, and then inexplicably turned towards his goal and passed it backwards, narrowly missing the far post and conceding a corner. Now it didn't actually go in, which would have been so good. But the idea that that guy has replaced Kepa really excites me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say you say it was a soft pass back, but that's really a shot on target for a Chelsea goalkeeper, isn't it? So, I mean,
1: that's true. He did that well
0: to keep it out, if you think about it.
1: Yeah, he he, he didn't even have to conjure it himself, right? So, it's, uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, is that two clean sheets in a row for him against Sevilla and Man United? That's not bad. He made some good good
1: saves,
2: to be honest. He made some good saves. That's true.
1: That's true. That's one thing he does have over Kepa because Kepa tended to sort of let the actual shots in, whereas uh, (laughs) Mendy seems to have saved a few of those.
0: (laughs) Which is a definite improvement. I like that highlight. That's a good one. Ben, is is yours, you're both stateside, you're both Man U fans, is yours a Man U highlight as well?
2: Yeah, um, it's a really obvious one. Um, Mine comes from the midweek Champions League games. Uh, just a reminder to you, Duncan, because I know Arsenal aren't in it. They happen <laughs> on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, um, not Thursdays. Busy on those evenings, uh, <laughs> like. anyway, so that's fine. But yeah, Manu put in a really good performance, uh, beat PSG, I thought deserved it. And um, I think the highlight for me was uh, Twan Zab- Zabi, um, kind of a youth team uh, player that's come through the ranks at Manu, um, finally gets a start. After being injured for a long time of his Man career, and did a really amazing job against uh, some some well-known strikers, Neymar and Mbappe, who aren't too shabby. So, was pretty pleased with that. Um, only disappointment is got dropped straight away for Harry Maguire, um, but hopefully he'll he'll have a run out against Leipzig in the next Champions League game because excited to see more of him. And I'm sure Andy feels the
0: same. What do you reckon, Andy?
2: Well yeah, I definitely do. I mean the
1: uh we desperately, desperately need somebody to be a good centre back. Um and especially somebody who's got like the 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 pace and like, the physicality to make up for, you know, um ocean liner Harry Maguire. <laughs> so um yeah, I mean he he seems like he could potentially be the perfect partner for for Maguire if he is as good as he looked against PSG. But obviously, you know, I'm keeping my uh I'm not getting my hopes up right now because that is one performance. And uh, I think Federico Makeda had a couple of good performances and he didn't exactly turn out to be like we thought he would be.
0: Also, there's a potential of a change of system sometimes and that brings in Tellez, you know, three at the back, wing backs. You know, Tellez looked pretty good on the night as well against PSG.
1: Yeah, and that obviously has the additional advantage of not having to play Dan James, so...
0: Or Luke Shaw.
1: <laughs> I know Luke Shaw still plays, but Luke Shaw plays as the left-sided centre, the third centre back in the in the back three, where he actually seems to be much better than he is at left back. So uh, that would actually, I'm actually okay with Luke Shaw playing there. That seems like it, it works.
0: Yeah. Okay, nice one. My um, my football moment of the week is I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod last week, but. I am self-isolating. Me and my family can't leave the house at the moment, which is a bit sad. So it was a weekend, or uh, it was the end of like 14 days of self-isolating. So I have watched a lot of football this weekend. I think I've—I think I was saying to Ben before the pod—I think I've watched some of every single game apart from the Friday night game. So I feel very well informed, which is not 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 always the case, as some people might be amazed to hear uh, for this podcast. Um. So, you watched yeah.
2: Fulham
0: Palace? You know, I said I watched bits. That's probably the one I watched <laughs> the least of. I didn't have any players apart from Mitchell in that game. And the only thing that could have happened in a, positive, in, in a way for Mitchell is to lose his clean sheet. And he did. so. <laughs> and I don't have Zaha. And everyone in the world seems to have Zaha. I was, I was looking at the points in our league and in the listeners league this week thinking, okay, what, like Fernandez, Sterling, De Bruyne, Salah, um Rashford you know loads of big players are blank this week I'm not having a great game week but surely no one is (laughs) but everyone's got Zaha what the hell um that's that's a nice tangent onto game weeks so did you guys have a tricky one like me or did you somehow navigate away from that what about you Ben
2: I was having a tricky one Um, but today's fixtures really helped. So I'm currently on 31 points, uh, decided to save a transfer, which I really needed to, it seems like a good week to save it. Um, and basically some of the dead weight in my squad that I've been wanting to get rid of are the ones who've scored the points. So Phil Foden got me a goal off the bench and then today got really jammy with, uh, Sice got seven points, got, got taken off when they had a clean sheet, and then they conceded against Newcastle. Do you
0: that love it? Just, Do you love you just, it when that happens?
2: You just love that FPL jab.
0: See? Yeah.
2: And, <sighs> then, and then Raul Jimenez, who I've been really wanting to get rid of, but he just scores one goal every week and gets bonus points, which just, just staves off me getting rid of him. So he, he got a nine-pointer. Uh, but my game week kind of makes and breaks on tomorrow's game where I've sawn in Kane captain against uh, Burnley.
0: Yeah. I guess the way that you've had a good game week is, like you say, Foden, who a few people have in there, and that man Jimenez, he is so consistent, isn't he? Um, yeah. And his fixtures change, and I'm guessing you're thinking you might ship him out after Palace. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Um, I I was thinking about it this week, but I'll probably... Probably keep him for Palace. I think the most immediate changes I want to make are probably to my defenders, where I have uh, Rhys James. I know he played against Manu, but I think that's because they played a, a really defensive three-five-two. Um, so I'm probably looking to get rid of Reese James, um, and maybe Roman Size too. When their fixtures turn, I may just downgrade him to Kilman um, because I noticed that Kilman, I mean, played the full ninety and he's so cheap. Um, so that can save some money, those, those swaps can save some money. So I can do something eventually with Foden and Jimenez. Um,
0: would you be, um, would you be leaving Mitchell on your bench, or are you not worried that he might get dropped for PVA soon?
2: Uh, I think he's not worth the transfer just yet because he played the full 90 against Fulham, and then when PVA came on, uh, you should know this, Duncan, because you watched the whole game, right? Indeed. No, P- I think I'd turned
0: <laughs> off by this point. <laughs> uh,
2: PVA came on for Nathaniel Klein, and then uh, Mitchell moved to right back, which was interesting.
0: Yeah. So I, I, interesting.
2: I think I think, I think think Hodgson likes him, so I'm just going to keep him in there. I, don't, I hardly ever play him, though. So.
0: The way I see that going is, okay, Nathaniel Klein got his first start, but he probably wasn't fit enough to play the whole game. Van Alderholt needed some minutes, so despite the fact that Mitchell's a bit versatile and can fill in left back or right back, I think it probably means that those two will soon be fully fit and they'll be the first choice. Probably.
2: Yeah, potentially. But, uh, I think you're in a good place if you can spare a transfer on Mitchell at this point.
0: And it's fine to have someone who's not playing, right? Yeah. You've got three subs. You don't need all of them. Yeah. Um, Andy, how was your game week?
1: Um, Pretty annoying, and I do have Zaha, so that was that was <laughs> like a saving grace. And I still have um, I've got double Brighton defenders in Lampty and Ryan, so as well as Sol and Kane, so I've still got four players to play. But I captain Salah, so you see, I'm in that place where like other people captained Kane. So even though I have him, I don't want him to do anything.
0: <laughs> it's really <laughs>
1: annoying. <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping that all the uh, all the goals in that game are Cummins on. But yeah, much like the previous week, I, I I played Tariq Mitchell and, you know, Alexis McAllister last week. And um, Tom Kearney this week took away his clean sheet point to the death. Um, so that was annoying. I had Luca Dina, who um, got a really, I, th- I think it was a really unfortunate red card, although some of the reactions seem to suggest that I'm not in the majority there. But it looked to me like he was just running and accidentally tripped the guy's heel and got sent off for it. The, um,
0: the, the accidental trip, though, it looked nasty. He, whether he meant it or whether he was just running and accidentally stood him, it, was, it looked pretty painful.
1: I mean, yeah, but that's not how you judge whether that you get a red card
0: or not, right? I kind of agree, but it's so difficult to judge, judge intent with that kind of thing.
1: Well, the red card is for intent, though. So you've just by giving the red card. But it's still you have hard.
0: <laughs> it is still hard, though. He, he's not that. He's not that kind of player, though, is he? Is he, Lucicini? He's a lovely lad.
1: I
2: don't know him personally.
0: <laughs> Nail, nailed on red because just because he's not on my FPL. Team, <laughs> like,
2: uh-huh.
0: That's treason. Uh, mine and I, Matt. I, I,
1: <laughs> so, well, the one thing for me is I've had to uh, like I had, I'd saved up a transfer. I've burnt them both this week because. Um, I uh I got rid of Ollie Watkins and now I've got to get rid of Dini as well. Um and the other thing is of course uh, in that game hammers limped off at the end. So Ooh. yeah, I, he um he was signalling to come off on like eighty-five minutes because he's and holding his hamstring. So um and he was doubtful for, for that game after um allegedly Van Dyke injured him in a mistime challenge. Mm. So I worry that maybe he won't be fit for a few games after that because normally when players are like doubtful and then they get injured during the game that's like a sign that it's going to be a longer one right
0: but he played he played the full 90 though, right
1: because they'd already when he started holding his hamstring they'd already made three subs
0: Oh, no, the hamstring, the dreaded hamstring. Oh, that's that's music music to the ears of a man who's already made his transfer super early and it wasn't <laughs> Hammers out. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm, that's, that's the thing. I'm, I'm thinking about the same thing now. I might have to take a four-point here Anyway, um, lots of, uh, other than Zaha, my team's a lot of blanks, but I'm hoping that um, a bright and clean sheet against West Brom might rescue me my week.
0: Yes. Um, so what are you on at the moment? You're currently on 22 points, is that right?
1: 22, yeah. But, um, with, but with, with, Sal- with Salah talent. as
2: captain. Oh, Salah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he scored. It was just ruled off. It was a treacherous right. assist as well. Yeah.
2: Did you watch the game, Andy? Because I, I also have Salah. Um, I've actually realized a couple people in our league have Mane instead, but he was so unlucky not to score. He had disallowed goal marginally offside and then he just went through on goal. Another time and time he just hit the post from like 60 yards out so i think i think Salah owners were really unlucky that game
1: as I well think as captain this is,
2: season, yeah he he looks really on it this season like i i've i've generally
1: sort of stayed away from him because other than that one season when he was incredible i feel like other players have a better value than him because he's always the top price player but this season he just looks so on it to me that um, i think he's a must have
0: i disagree i thought I thought in the run-up to this game, Mane looked the the more dangerous and his stats, expected stats, were better. I thought Salah was getting by on penalties and the ball falling to him, quite fortunately, in the box. Good, you know, great finishes, but not kind of creating chances for himself and not looking like he was particularly clicking with the rest of the attack. But even if you're playing badly and you score the amount of points he scored, it's not bad, is it? And I agree, he turned it on for this game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, penalty taking is a big deal this season, right? Because of the handball rule.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, For my team, I mentioned before, it's not been a great week so far. So at the moment, I think I'm on nineteen odd points with a minus four because I brought in two transfers. Um, So not going particularly well. Don't feel that bad about it because um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I should. I really (laughs) should, but the player I brought in. It was I really wanted a Liverpool player for these two fixtures, the two home fixtures. And I could have brought in either Salah or Mane and I went for Mane and I think that worked out. Um, It's kind of bizarre that he didn't get close to the bonus when he got two assists in a 2-1 win. Um, I don't know what that was about, but I checked his BPS during the game and I think he was on like four BPS at one point with one assist, which seemed a bit crazy. But... um, Eight points is pretty
1: well, nice. you do wrong? You must have got bonus points
0: for something. I know. It was bizarre. It was It was like Salah from uh, a couple of seasons ago where he just never got any bonus points. Um, but yeah, I thought he looked all right. Um, got the both to assist. And you know he had a few chances on goal. Looked promising. My other transfer was Jimenez out, which obviously doesn't look great at the moment. But I brought in Kane and I've captained Kane. So it, it's all kind of dependent on tomorrow night. Um this is, we'll know how that has gone. But it's not those that spending that points hit, taking out Fernandez for Mane and Jimenez for Kane is a bit, seems a bit crazy spending four points on taking out two good players for two good players. But I think Liverpool have two nice fixtures, which are potentially captainable. Spurs have three nice fixtures. And I think I thought it was worth the four points just for those cumulative kind of five fixtures basically for captain options. Um, Apart from that, I had Lucadinha, so he's gone already. I've brought in uh, Kilman, who Ben was talking about, um, because, yeah, he's just great value. And between Saïs and Kilman, I think this is the same thing that you'll find, Ben. I'm pretty sure that uh, they're both left-footed, so either both of them could play the left-sided centre-back in the back three Saïs is obviously playing left wing back at the moment. So I kind of think between the two of them, even if there's some rotation and one of them doesn't play, the other one I'm pretty sure will because they're always going to want a left sided, a left footed centre back in the back three. So I think that's, that's pretty nice and for his price, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, apart from that, uh, <laughs> zero points elsewhere. But I do have Ryan and Lampty still to play and Son and Kane cane captain so it could all kind of change a little bit for me which would be nice um yeah shall we shall we move on shall we before we do though we've got some talking points to go through we've got some really good ones this week before we do if you want to take us on in the listener league uh the code to join is 6ft5kc And it's also in the show notes as well. And we're going to be having a look at the listeners league, see who's doing well, see who's doing not so well a bit later on in the podcast. So first talking points, gents is one from Ben death of the premium defender. So Ben over to you.
2: Yeah, I was, I was just sitting there as I, um, as I have Trent in my team again, he, he picked up uh, a blank against Sheffield United of all people, um, and just wondering what everyone thinks because it doesn't seem like any of the premium defenders are up to much this season. Um, Robertson, the same kind of deal, uh, maybe looks a bit better than Trent in terms of getting getting into the box, um, but with Van Dijk out for a long time um, and Luca Dean, I think um, also hasn't really shown much, and now, now banned for three games. Um, and when you look at the top scorers for defenders, it's Roman Sice with uh, 37 points. Um, legend.
0: Absolute legend.
2: Absolute legend. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people start the season with at least one big premium defender, whether that's Trent Robertson or, or Dean. And wondering if it's just like, is there any value there or if people think they'll eventually come good? Um, I think I'm probably going to stick with Trent for a little bit because, you know, he always has that potential to really burn you. But I don't think it's outrageous to be like, no, I'm just going to go with all defenders who are like 5 million and under. Because if you look at all the top scorers and defenders, they're all around kind of 5 million and below, with the exception of Castagna, who's 5.8 and it's doing pretty well.
0: Even even players I don't know if you mentioned it already, Ben, but James, who's around that five million mark and has looked really promising, even he's been having rotation as well. So yeah. um the, the I, only I'd one say, I kind yeah. of
2: the only one I kind of like the look of is Chilwell because he's nailed. I think Frank Lampard has been a little bit stung by people criticizing that his team can't defend. So he basically just rolled out uh three five two against United and Sevilla. Um, and then Chilwell's also, like, I noticed he's, like, on, almost on all their set pieces. And then they've got Burnley, Sheffield United, Newcastle coming up. So uh, I'm looking at Ben Chilwell as, like, the only kind of premium I would consider. Um, but then the other risk, right, is they're playing Champions League. Are they going to rotate?
0: They can Chilwell. see three goals
2: they can every see, other they game. Can Chilwell has a poor injury record as well. So, like, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to consider.
0: I think the next three games look pretty good for them, though. Burnley away, Sheffield at home, Newcastle away. Uh, if you think about Chil- Chilwell, that's pretty nice, isn't it? Fixture-wise. Yeah. In the short term. The,
2: the time to do it,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that the um, it's not that the premium defender doesn't really exist anymore. It's that the sort of paradigm has shifted. And maybe... The wrong players are priced high now because there aren't any clean sheets this season, and so Van Dijk, for example, pretty useless when there are no clean sheets. He doesn't score enough goals to justify his price um, if, there are, if he's not keeping clean sheets. But um, because there are so many goals being scored, particularly from set pieces, that there are some defenders who take set like like Luka Dina, like Chilwell, defenders who take set pieces. It's a chance to get an extra set piece, take it into your team. And that's worth more than it would be in other seasons. So I think there are some, some bargains at the back.
0: I, I think I'm, I'm worried about the defenders who take set pieces because I think that there's players like James, Chelsea has been taking some and then um, obviously got dropped and Chilwell's coming in and is taking quite a few of them. But with both of them, I've been worried about Ziyech coming back from injury, starting to get starts and just stealing all of those. Set pieces off them, especially Chilwell, because I think he's predominantly uh, left-footed. Um, Ch, so he actually seems to put in a lot of crosses with his left foot. Um, so that has been my concern with James as well. Early in the season, he was on a lot of corners and free kicks. Um, yeah. So Dinia, with his set pieces, they've been limited because James has been taking quite a lot of them off him as well. And Sigerson played oh, in this game as well.
1: A bit of insight there is. What what I've seen there is that Hammers takes the ones that he, you might, the that, that, like uh, a good shooting position, and Dina seems to take the ones if they're on the left hand side and it's a crossing position. Dina will take those, and that's that's quite a lot of free kicks. So with Richarlison because Richarlison plays on that side and he doesn't exactly uh, make much of an effort to stay on his feet. So there's like genius from having him my team. He seems to pretend quite a few assists from from that angle. The other one that's, that I've noticed is um, Aaron Cresswell. Um, he's actually playing centre-back in a back three for West Ham. But m- much like Dini, he's taking in a lot of the kind of crossing position free kicks. And he's, turned, he's the third highest scoring defender so far. And I think um, that's obviously West Ham kept a couple of clean sheets as well. But that's not, uh, that's contributed a little bit.
0: With, um, on Cresswell... Across the last four game weeks, he's actually got the highest baseline bonus points, baseline kind of BPS. So that's without any um, assists or clean sheets or goals or anything like that. He's ahead of Trent. He's ahead of Robertson in that. So if they do get a clean sheet and no one scores a hat-trick or anything like that, he's pretty prime for bonus. So it's a weird one to be recommending Aaron Cresswell in a back three. Um, as a good FPL option at 5 million as well, not 4.5. But yeah, I can see where you're coming from, Andy.
1: Well, he actually, uh, he's at, in my team, he's only worth 4.9. So I think he dropped a little bit and then went back up again. There was a, mo- there was a moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. West Ham are, yeah.
2: West Ham are good this season too. Um, yeah. they've, they've picked up, what is it, eight, eight points against Wolves, Leicester, Tottenham, City, and then they've got Liverpool away next, but after that, they've got Fulham, Sheffield United, Villa, uh, Manu, Leeds, Palace. So, not it's pretty good. Like, um, yeah, maybe Aaron Cresswell is the way to go. I don't know. I, I hadn't thought about it just because he seems like kind of overpriced, but. He's never been
1: an option before, right? Why would you ever have thought of him before? But suddenly he's the third highest scoring player in the defender in the league.
0: Well, yeah. on West Ham as well, like stats wise as a team, um, they are kind of killing it. So uh, expected goals in the last four game weeks, they are fifth in the table behind Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Leeds. Um, so it's not just defensively. In terms of expected goals conceded, over the last four game weeks they are fifth as well so they're t- like fifth fifth lowest so they're attacking really well they're defending really well and their fixtures since the start of the season have been brutal and they're about to swing like you said so yeah they seem ready to go i i also like masuwaku cuz he's playing at wing back he's quite an attacking player and i think they've moises been quite clever in that he knows he's defensively pretty suspect he's put cresswell behind him and masuaki can kind of go in those mazy runs that he does so 4.5 he's a bit cheaper and i like i like cheap players so that seems like a good one
2: Moy's masterclass, master class basically
0: yeah so what what are the other defenders that are interesting you guys that are be, you know beyond the premiums
1: Um, well, I'm sort of going to get into this into transfers later, but I've, uh, I've, I've already got Cresswell and I've added Vladimir Kufal to my defence uh, to replace Dinya.
0: Wow, that is out there.
1: Because um, he's also, he obviously he's only played three games so far, um, but he is, if I, hang on, let me just find him and see exactly what his, uh, what his record's been, but he's, he, he's doing pretty well. Uh, he, got, he got
0: the assist this week, didn't he, for Antonio's ridiculous goal?
1: He did. Yeah, obviously that was all him.
0: Can I, can I actually amend my highlight uh, football moment of the week? I think that Antonio goal is my football moment of the week, retrospectively. That was just amazing. <laughs> so good. Um, so um, yeah.
1: his, his return so far has been, uh, he's only played game week uh, four, five and six after he was signed. Uh, he's played ninety minutes all three games. He's got five points, four point seven points, and he's only four and a half million.
0: Yeah, I mean, him and Masuaku both seem pretty good. I just, I just didn't, I wasn't sure about him because he's kind of new to the club, and there's been Fredericks who's been there before. I wasn't sure if his place was certain. Whereas with Masuaku, I can't really see a a competitor unless the, another centre back comes in and they move Cresswell to wing back. So I've just completely <laughs> ruined my own point there. Fair enough, Andy. It's another West Ham defender. Their fixture's about to turn, and they're defending really yep. well. So it's pretty good, isn't it?
1: Um, what about Leeds defenders? Because yeah. their full have been uh, bombing on, haven't they?
0: And price-wise, they're still sticking at 4.5. But in terms of expected goal involvement over the last four game weeks, Ailing and Dallas are in the top three with Robertson. Uh, they're both expected goal involvement. So, goals or assists is basically one um, for both of them in the last four games. Um, so, yeah, competing with Robertson and Trent, they're in between the two of them in the stats table.
1: And it seems like this week um, there was a bit of a turn as well where um, there haven't been any crazy score lines this week like what happened in previous weeks. There was still quite a lot of last minute goals. Um, which obviously is a worry for clean sheets. We don't have to clean sheets, but there have, haven't been any seven twos or anything <laughs> this week, so far at least. The Tottenham is still to play, so we'll see. But um, it seems like uh, there was a bit of a... I don't know whether this is like a sea change or whether this is a like a one-off week where there just didn't happen to be lots of goals. But um, the, the scoreline seemed more normal this week. I don't know whether you guys think the same.
0: yeah. I kind of agree. What do you think, Ben?
2: Yeah, I think uh, Villa-Leeds was maybe a little bit of a shock how easy Leeds dismissed Villa. And then um, he had the rest of them, I think, kind of more normal results. I, I think um, probably my next talking point around the the Champions League teams, they all kind of look kind of sluggish, having to play twice a week for like the next couple of months. I think you saw that with City, Um, like struggling against West Ham, you and Chelsea both look pretty sluggish. Liverpool, I thought struggled against Sheffield United, but managed to pull out a win. So maybe like, I think the fixture pileup might contribute to some of like the more dull results. Whereas from an FPL perspective, you're always hoping, right, that City or Liverpool are just going to absolutely thrash their opponents. Maybe, maybe that's just not going to happen as, as often now.
0: Yeah, I, I think on the kind of moving on to your, your talking point, Ben. So you mentioned it was going to be um, the impact of the midweek games, European games on the big teams. And that's, I guess you're kind of thinking about that because it's not like previous seasons where you have break weeks. There are less break weeks now, aren't there? There's Carling Cup, there's Champions League, there's Europa League, and they're all kind of squashed in. So my thinking on it was teams like uh, Everton and Wolves are kind of key because they're, they're approaching the premium kind of teams, the kind of top teams, but they're not in Europe this season and they've got good FPL options. So, yeah, they were kind of where I would be thinking about investing for kind of season-long keepers.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good shout. I I'd almost throw Tottenham in there because I think they now have a big enough squad where they can kind of play their second string against in the Europa League. You saw that this week where they didn't play Son or Kane. Um So like Son and Kane are now fully rested for Burnley. Whereas like in the Champions League you can't quite roll out your second string because the games are you're playing like PSG and all, all these, all these like really strong teams. So I, I feel like the top four are going to sh- sh- struggle a little bit. Especially Man City, I feel like, really don't look t- too great to begin with. Uh, Aguero is now out with another hamstring injury. When they play Sterling up front, it doesn't look as good.
0: Oh, wow, he's uh, out with a hamstring. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, I like the shout of targeting like Wolves, Everton. I I would just maybe throw Spurs in there as well.
0: What do you reckon? this,
2: I find it interesting
1: that Arsenal's not on that list, Duncan.
0: Well, they're they're in Europe,
1: (laughs) right? But they're not in the Champions League, and they have you know when you're playing against teams that are in Europa League, you get a lot of easy games.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think we're we're like Arsenal boring yeah they are like my i've been saying this i won't say this too much because i've said it in the last two pods but i think they're they're quite uh dodgy <laughs> not not dodgy they're quite stodgy their football at the moment it's quite um trying to make them difficult to beat and not looking that attacking so i think i think expected goals um uh this season the last four games they're in the bottom four in the premier league for expected goals um so that kind of yeah. That it's it's a Bamiyang or no one normally for Arsenal attack and he's not playing particularly well at the moment. Arsenal aren't playing particularly well offensively. But I also don't think they have the squad that they can kinda of totally rotate um for Europe. I think they still have to play quite a few first team players uh to maintain quality. And Arteta seems to rotate between games in the Premier League rather than switching two teams across the two top competitions. So I'm just staying away from Arsenal totally at the moment for FPL because I just don't think the points are there for them. Our our mate, who we've mentioned a few times, John John Ridge, has told me this week that he's planning on bringing Arsenal defenders in. What do you think of that?
1: Well, based on what you just said, it seems like a smarter move to bring (laughs) in (laughs) Arsenal attackers. But yeah, to me, all of the kind of um, the noises you hear coming out of like articles and, and and online chat about Arsenal seems to be positive about Arteta. And I agree that they don't look like a you know devastating attacking outfit, but they're not like a bad team. And
0: that's no, built no, on no.
1: like you say, being difficult to beat. So um, yeah, I think that's probably smart. If there's uh, how uh how are the defenders doing right then? There are I can't see any of them in at like the top scoring basically, defenders at the moment.
0: Basically, John came to me and said, I'm thinking about an Arsenal defender. Who should I go for? And I said what well, I've said to you guys that I don't think you should be bringing in Arsenal players at the moment. Um, but I have I have obviously said that I think they're trying to be harder to beat. So I can see maybe maybe he's seeing the same things as me. I think I basically said if you were thinking of going down that route. Bellerin's probably the only one I'd suggest because he's getting some attacking output. He's had two assists this season. He's not 5.5 like Tierney or 5.4. He's only 5 million. He's fairly guaranteed to start most of the Premier League games, it seems. I think that he should play Maitland-Nars there sometimes, but he doesn't seem to be keen to do that. So Bellerin's pretty nailed and uh, is kind of playing in a back, three systems so he's a wing back so he's quite far advanced in the attack but I, I don't think the fixtures are great uh, you know they're, they're playing Man United Aston Villa uh, Leeds, Wolves, Tottenham so don't think now is the time for them I think maybe game week 12 uh, is a better time I think you've got to time it around the fixtures for Arsenal players for sure especially in defence um, Ben Does that kind of answer your question, or do you think we need to talk about other teams with this uh, midweek European games?
2: No, I think I think that covers it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Next talking point is one for Andy. Um, So it's Everton and Villa. They both lost. Is it a blip or a beginning of the end? So are we going to panic or is everything fine? What do you reckon, Andy?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Um, I feel like. Everton and Villa have had a, a couple of different reactions from people. Everton people just sort of assume because they have Ancelotti over the real deal. Um, and Villa are more of a surprise because they only just avoided relegation last season. They haven't changed the manager. They've brought in a few players who they haven't brought any big names. They, just, they seem to have sort of, um, you know, bought intelligently with, uh, and, and got good value for money. So it kind of flew under the radar and I think people are a bit less inclined to believe that it's real. Um but now of course they've both lost, and um the natural reaction given that background would be to say, well, Everton split and Aston Villa, it's uh it, it's then reverting to the norm. Um, especially given the manner in which um Villa lost. Thing is, Everton have got between their um sendings off and their injuries have got quite a long absentee list now of important players. Um writer, sort of right right at, that moment where they've just lost a game and uh, maybe the, the confidence is starting to, to flag a bit um, the, the, the Derby seems to take a lot out of them um, so yeah I, it, it's an interesting question I, my, my personal view on it is that probably they're both going to like go through a tough phase over the next few games um, Villa because confidence is gone and Everton because of their absentee list but I'd be interested to see whether you guys agree.
0: What do you reckon Ben?
2: Yeah, I, I think there definitely, I agree, there'll be some reversion to the norm um, coinciding with me just bringing in Jack Greenish a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, the only thing I'll say about Villa is their fixture run is actually looks pretty good. Um, Southampton Arsenal are pretty tough, but then Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Burnley, West Brom, Palace. Um, you expect you know, their place to get some points out of that. I don't expect them to have the same kind of win record that they've started the season with, but they should be competitive in a lot of those games. Um, so I'm tempted to hang on to my Villa players. I, I agree with the Everton prediction, though. Like Richarlison, I think, is a big miss for them. Um, Dinia as well, assuming he'll be banned for three games and the, the appeal doesn't get through. And then if you add, like, potential Hammers injury concern, um, yeah, I think, I think you'll see uh, less, less form from Everton. But, like, if you're, say, a Calvert-Lewin holder, like I am, he's just, he's, I think he's still good value, right? Like, he, most people got in pretty cheap, and you, you expect, like, everything to, to still score goals during that fixture run, so um yeah I, I expect both teams to be less dominant than they they began with, but I still think their FPL assets should should still kind of tick along is kind of my prediction
0: i think um I think with both those teams, I think they're they're kind of in a bracket, so Villa um everton and southampton i I kind of see falling into a similar kind of bracket this season where if they are if they have their first team available, then they're pretty formidable. Um, and, you know, they've got really nice first team squads, really nice attacking players, fairly decent defensive players. Um, but if you take out some of those key chains or key players or those just some of the first teamers, it really affects the FPL output of their players. I think Everton, you know, we talked about Dinia missing and how that's going to affect them because he's quite a big player Hames is quite a big player. If he's having injury doubts or just, you know, maybe he's struggling. Maybe we're going to go into the the winter in Merseyside. That's going to be pretty rough. I know he's been in Bayern before, which is not the nicest winter in the world in Munich. But um, maybe that's going to have some effect. Um, and I think um, on the other side, Coleman not being around and having that injury issue, they've played Godfrey there, who's looked. God, awful. Um, <laughs> he's not a right back. So it's unfair. I thought he was fairly decent looking in a terrible Norwich team as centre back. But playing at right back is just it's such a baptism of fire for him and his new team. And he looks totally out of his depth. And he's supporting Rodriguez playing on the right kind of forward advanced role. So I think that's affecting Rodriguez as well. Um so with Southampton, they, they had a bad patch form at the start of the season, but they were missing some key players like Armstrong. Um, and now they've got their kind of first team back together. And lo and behold, they're, they're beating Everton, who are the form team. I think Villa, they haven't lost anyone to injury, but maybe they just got a bit overconfident. Um, and I agree with Ben that their fixtures look good. Stats-wise, they're pretty good. Grealish, especially, you know, he's, he's up there with expected goals, with the big hitters like Mane, (laughs) Zaha, Dan, Bruno, Salah. So, you know, a lot of people mentioned this week um, about how many touches he's getting in the penalty area. So I think he's a hold. But I I think, uh, despite saying Everton are good season keepers, some of their options, because they're not playing in Europe, I think that's only good when... They, they have a first team available. And if they're going to have a period of, you know, five or six games without their first team, then don't do what I've done, which is triple up on Everton. <laughs> um, so it's quite a nice time to Dinia to get a red card. So I have an excuse to start getting rid of them. Um, but I think, I don't know, what do you guys think of this? So Calvert-Lewin, I, I feel like he's so dominant in the air. I don't feel like he's that same kind of threat on the floor. And if teams know that that's their main threat, their goal threat, Everton is him in the air, then they can adapt quite quickly to that potentially. Do you think that's fair?
1: I think he's one of those, he's not going to like get the ball down and run at you, right? But he is, he can get in behind the defense. He's got pace. So I feel like the sort of, he can finish like any any kind of one time first touch shot i would be a header or a volley or like a ball past him and on the ground that he shoots from all of those are threats for him so i don't think it's quite as simple as him being really good in the air but i do agree that he doesn't have the same kind of rounded threat as like a jimenez who is good in the air but also can like drop deep and can kind of you know there's a lot more to someone like jimenez's game
0: hmm. um with, so, without, without Rodriguez and Dinia, though, that delivery for those one-touch one finishes is less, considerably less. Yeah.
1: It's also the, uh, the, the player that counterbalances that is Richarlison because he yeah. can get the ball down and run. So yeah. if he's not there, there's nobody getting the ball down and running anymore.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've kind of gone Villa a keep, and Everton are a big question mark, potentially don't double or triple up at the moment if there are better options, which as we know with Rodriguez and Zaha, there's someone waiting in the wings who's playing out of position. So that's a good one. Um, So the next talking point is one from me. I think the next two are from me because we've muddled up the order a little bit just with the flow of what we've been talking about. So this one is a little quiz for you guys. So it's, it's buy, sell, hold, but it's on cheap strikers. So I kind of feel like uh, 4-3-3 seems to be the system of the season so far. Um, Some people playing 3-5-2, I am at the moment, but I'm trying to move out of it if I can. Um, So that cheap third striker seems to be quite an important position at the moment. So I wanted to go through the uh, sub-7 million strikers and see whether you would want to keep them, sell them, or... (laughs) I've completely messed up. (laughs) Buy, sell, or hold. It's very simple. Okay, I'll just say that over and over again. Okay, so first up uh, is Brewster, 4.5, Sheffield United. What do you reckon, Andy?
1: I have just transferred him in, so I'm going to say keep.
0: Wow, why?
1: Because um, I think he is possibly the most undervalued player in the game. Um, not necessarily the best player, like in the highest return, but I intend to play a three five two. Um and yeah, I think he's he's the one that ha- he was he's priced as a, a Liverpool player that's never gonna play more than five minutes at the end of a game. He's now a first team player at a decent team. So that's a massive, massive change in his fortunes after he was priced. Um might not work out change it later, but that's that's what I'm thinking right now.
0: Is he uh, a permanent bench player for you and you're just going to see if he comes good and if he does you might consider starting him or is he someone you might consider playing before he you know, kicks off
1: i bought him for the bench like um, I wouldn't, if he was 6 million I wouldn't have him, 4.5 million I think there's so much potential upside to that price um, and if it, it doesn't work out then like, like, like I said he's just going to sit on the bench at 4.5 million as, as a striker so then I can afford
2: to
0: spend more money with fielders what do you reckon, Ben?
2: Yeah, I agree with Andy. I think he's a, he's a buy if you're playing 3-5-2 and you don't have to start him. I think he's a sell if you're trying to play 3-4-3. Three, three. I don't think he's a viable third striker that you start every week.
0: Okay, nice one. Okay, Chris Wood. Ben first, buy, sell, hold.
2: <laughs> Chris Wood's a sell for me.
0: Uh, he was a hero last season, wasn't he?
2: I have not... Didn't following Chris Wood too much but Burnley don't look good this season Chris Wood doesn't look good this season
0: he's not getting any coverage is he so that's probably why you're not following him
2: he's only scored one goal in four yeah um, so yeah he's a sell even though he would never be close to my team where I would have to sell him. But (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how this game works.
0: Hey, he was being talked about a lot at the start of the season about being in people's teams. Maybe not yours, but we all know Gary would have been talking about him. He loves Chris Wood. What do you reckon, Andy? Buy, sell, hold?
1: Um, (laughs) Jokes jokes about holding Wood aside. Um, (laughs) uh, I think he's a sell. Burnley, my my sort of uh, insight on Burnley is they seem to go through like long... Um, periods of being either awful or like irritating but good, and this is like an awful period for them. So I expect them to be like any Burnley player right now as a sell, but I expect them to be viable later in the season when their form sends around.
0: Okay, Andy first, Mitrovic by sell hold,
1: sell okay. definitely sell
2: Mitrovic. let pull look out of their depth.
0: Yeah, I agree, Ben.
2: So, he's also missing penalties too, which is negative FPL points. So, you yeah. definitely don't want yeah. to.
0: <laughs> yeah, he had an absolute nightmare, didn't he, in this last game. Um, ben first, Antonio.
2: Ooh, Antonio, I would say... I would go hold with Antonio.
0: Hold um, close. Give him a proper he, hug.
2: Yeah, hold close. Um, three goals this season and i think we talked about west ham have a decent ish run he doesn't he the only thing i noticed is um i didn't watch the game but he did not play the full 90 against
0: came city. Off injured.
2: yeah city or spurs so yeah. um that's i think that's the only reason to be a little bit cautious
0: what do you reckon andy
2: well, he's,
1: he's got a, a 75% chance of playing next week with a hamstring injury. And to me, hamstring injury is like a massive red flag. I think
0: they, I think they just they don't it, know it? yet. They know he's injured, but they don't know the extent yet. So they just put a flag on him.
1: So depending on the extent of that injury, if the, hang, if the hamstring injury turns out to be a red herring, then for me, he's a, a buy or a hold, depending on whether you have him or not. Because um, I think West Ham are like a team to have right now. Um, think, and, you know, it's been a long time since I've wanted to say that, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously that injury has changed completely.
0: I think I, I, with him, I've been planning on how to get him into my team, uh, from game week eight when their fixtures change, but it's such a worry bringing in such an injury prone player that you like, cause it can just be the death of your game week. If, if they go off after two minutes and then you've got to replace them, um, it's a tricky one. Che Adams, a man who's come back into form. Andy, what do you reckon? Buy, sell, hold?
1: Um, sell. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's very good as a player.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and I think that in that Southampton team, he's very much the kind of uh, the support striker that is kind of creating space for Danny Ings.
0: Two goals, so- two two goals, two assists in his last four games.
1: He ha- yes he's been on a good run um but even the goals that he scored like that long range he got during project restart against city was the first goal he scored in donkey's years and that was a freak goal not like a not the kind of thing you can say great that means he's going to score lots of goals now I, I kind of feel like whenever i see him score it looks like that like he's not it is this is sort of instill confidence in me that he's really going to score goals i feel like what he much like Shane Long, when he plays, is just there to create space for Danny Ings. I feel like Che Adams is kind of like that. He may score goals occasionally, but that's what it is. It's the... It's the
0: he's um, the decoy. <laughs> it's not, he's the norm. Okay, Ben?
2: Uh, I would give Che Adams a hold only because their fixtures are pretty decent. They've got Villa, Newcastle, uh, Wolves next. So yeah, maybe worth holding on for that.
0: I was just looking at their fixtures, thinking how awful they were. Because Villa defensively have looked good this season. Newcastle, uh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Wolves, Man United. I don't think that's that great. Man United though. (laughs) (laughs) Four four, four past them. Fair (laughs) enough. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. All right, Ben Watkins, buy, sell, hold.
2: Oh, I think I think Watkins was a red herring. Yeah, Uh, I think he's a sell.
0: He's got two, he... two, 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 <laughs> 19.
2: <laughs> he, he just doesn't look like he is that threatening whenever I watch Villa. Uh, he, he just seems to like, run around a lot. I'm trying to uh, compare him to someone. He kind of is like Shane Long a little bit. Okay. You know, He just runs around a lot. He's, He's a, nuisance. a bit nuisance-type striker.
0: Yeah. What do so you recommend? You, you're gonna sell, sell him, then.
2: yeah. I'm selling him.
0: Yeah, Andy, what do you think?
2: He is the player that I transferred
1: out for Brewster, so he's a, he's <laughs> definitely a sell for me. And uh, the, the 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 real telltale sign for me was um, there was a moment in the in the game this week where Grealish just ran past the entire team, um, and then the last defender came to tackle Grealish. and he like uh, Watkins was just sitting right next to him, completely open at the far post. Like it would have been a complete tap in if Grealish had passed it, but Grealish instead like sort of slowed down to go past the last defender. The other defenders came back, had to beat them all again, and then shoot take a really difficult chance, which obviously he didn't score. Like that lack of faith from Grealish, I think, is because Watkins probably isn't that good. (laughs)
0: Okay, okay, so that's a sell, which you've already done. Okay, cool. Okay, yes. Okay, slightly quicker answer, (laughs) Mopey.
1: Uh, who's first?
0: I'm gonna go Andy.
1: Uh, I think we'll see Mope reverts to norm. He's he he's another Shane Long.
0: Oh ouch. Um what do you reckon, Ben? Uh
2: yeah, I would I would sell Mope too.
0: Wow. Isn't he like up there? I know I've been whipping out all the expected stats, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was up there with all the expected stats and I just
2: don't like Mope too, so You don't like his face. And then yeah. like yeah.
0: This this is something we covered in our pod last week. You just some players you just don't like their faces, so they're not coming in. Well,
1: expected stats for a striker. If you've got really high XG and they haven't scored any goals, that's a red flag for a striker, though.
0: He's scored goals. He's scored some goals. Expected goals. But penalties. That's true.
1: He, he does penalties.
0: So he's in the top four for expected goals for strikers in the last four game weeks, um, and goals wise. How many has he scored? He has scored one, two, three, four. Four in six so far. Yet to play Including this game, in game. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are both selling him. That's good to know. I don't like his face either, Ben. So I'm, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Um, final player. It's
2: got to be Bamford, right? It's
0: Pam Bam. I've been waiting for Bamford. Bam Bam. What are you going to do, Ben, with Bam Bam?
2: Absolute buy. I'm so mad at Gary in the preseason pods for like talking us off Bamford that he, you know, was
0: he was totally honest. anti. He him, was he? terrible. He yeah. was like, he's a waste a complete of space.
2: These yeah, he... fans hate him.
0: Don't Gary said? I, Gary said he was ugly as well.
2: <laughs> I feel like Gary's trying to throw us off. Um, I I totally believe Bamford is not as clinical as he has been, but Lee's just looks so. Like attacking every single game. I feel just by this the fact that he's nailed on ninety minutes and just the way Leeds play football, he's 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 good value.
0: Should I should I just correct it for listeners who may not be aware, Ben was trying to um be mean to Gary there. Gary was so obsessed with Bamford, he wouldn't stop talking him before the season started, had him in his team, bigged him up, and then he's dropped him before the hat trick, hasn't he? <laughs> which has got to hurt. But in terms of expected uh, goals, uh, Leeds are in the top three over the last four game weeks with Tottenham and Liverpool for goals. And it looks, based on what Gary has said and what it looks like so far this season, that Bamford is going to be staying first team all season. So, yeah. you And, is it,
2: and the only other thing I'll add is he is a, noticeably a little bit cheaper than some of these other guys like Mope. Like a yeah. decent 0.7 cheaper. So... Yeah, I, think he's, I just think he's good value, basically.
0: What do you reckon, Andy?
2: So, I, I also think he's a
1: buy. Um,
0: even I in a pre-fight, really, too?
1: Um, even in a... Well, he is the backup player I have. If Calvert-Lewin like, stops returning, then I would be looking to have Bamford as my other, my, my other striker alongside Kane and then just invest more into this all-star midfield.
0: I like that strategy because it, it looks pretty good for yeah a cheap player in a in a front two with Brewster on the bench. You could go all premiums in midfield, couldn't you? That'd be really nice. Um, that is
1: that that's that's the strategy right there.
0: Oh uh, well, that perfectly segues onto the next question, Andy. Thank you very much. Do you have a strategy? What is it? Is there a strategy forming this season? What is it, <laughs> please, um, Ben? tell us your strategy because i have a good idea what andy's might be
2: (laughs) um i don't have a strategy (laughs) uh i've been very confused this 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 season it's been (laughs) it's probably been one of the most unpredictable fpl seasons i've ever played and you kind of see it with like all the well-known top managers none of them are doing particularly well either
0: so you're putting Um, yourself up there with them
2: no, I'm not, I'm not putting myself up with them. <laughs> um, I just think it's been a, a really unpredictable season. Um, for that reason, I've kind of liked it. But it also means that I've kind of been very confused in how I've played the game. Like, I've, I've flip-flopped back in between a 3-5-2 and a 3-4-3. I still don't know which one is better. Um, there have they've been all these injuries. Uh, so I think what I'm trying to do is uh, not trying to take too many hits. I've, I've taken a couple hits to begin with. It hasn't done me particularly well. And I've kind of just learned, like, some of the players I, I have not liked, like him and Foden, just by the fact of keeping them, they've started returning. So maybe that's just an indicator to me that, yeah, I should just be more cautious and just stick with some of these, like, more fundamental players that will get me points. Um... Other than that, I think my other strategy. Hopefully, I don't jinx him for tomorrow. But is maybe just the Captain Kane every week. <laughs> I've noticed that um, Gary's wife's son has done that, and she's like top of our league. So maybe i <laughs> just Captain Kane. I also have a sneaking annoying feeling that Spurs are going to be really good this season too. Um, yeah. Mourinho's second season, so yeah, I think yeah. I think they could. I think they could even compete for the, the Premier League. So in that sense you know, having Kane and Son as kind of the mainstays in my team, I think will be important.
0: So you're planning on keeping those two, Kane and Son, through game week nine to game week 13, when it's Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace away and Liverpool away?
2: Definitely one of them. I think there's a a potential I may switch one of the probably Son for someone else, but um, I think I'll definitely keep Kane for that run.
0: Wow. Okay, cool. Um, Andy, so do you have a strategy? What is it? And do you think there is a season strategy forming?
1: Um, well, the first thing is, I think the Kane and Son um, comment from Ben is spot on. Um, I think they, they have to be the first names on your team sheet. And, and not having them is going to make you like stick out and lose points for the rest of the season. Um, and I think as long as they, you know, Kane will at some point get injured, I'm sure. Um, But whenever they're both fit and firing, even if that happens to be in that really awful run of fixtures, like those teams are conceding goals. So Kane and Son will probably still return even against the best teams. So um, yeah, step one, put Kane and Son in. Um, And then step two is just try and extract as much value as you can from the insane number of goals that are going in this season. So for me, that means like absolutely minimize expenditure on your defense um so i've got my my most expensive defender is cresswell at 4.9 and i'm very i'm looking very hard at that 4.9 and thinking it's too much to spend on a defender um and then like you've, you've got to choose between the attackers and the midfielders how much you want to spend and where you think the goals are going to come from um i think there are quite a few players who in the past have been um classified as strikers but are now midfielders that look quite appealing so Zaha being one of them, Aubameyang another one. I know you said that Arsenal don't look great at the moment, I'm sure they'll hit form at some point. Um, so yeah, my strategy is basically to have Kane, a bunch of really expensive midfielders, and then see if I can still look for Calvert-Lewin, which I think I can.
0: Cool. And do you think there's a, a, a strategy forming across the whole season for, you know, a template or something like that?
1: Um, I think... The season has been so insane thus far, and especially with this week having thrown up like some really un- unexpected blanks and hat-tricks. Um, I think it's going to be a few more weeks before there's really a, a template to play from. Um, the only thing that's-, that's certain for now, I think, is that you definitely want Son Kane. Zahar's on great form, so you want him too. Calvert-Lewin's on great form, you want him too. So that's half, half a template. Maybe Mitchell because he's so cheap.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, For me, uh, strategy-wise, I think I started off the season saying I wanted to start rotating my premiums based on fixtures and just take the hit in price rises and price falls between those and just keep money in my bank so I can always swap them around for captaincy, pretty much. That's kind of stayed the same, except that uh, it's moved from two big hitters in midfield to just one. So that's where Mane is at the moment. And I've brought him in for those two Liverpool home fixtures. And then the reason that's changed to one is because of Kane. Like you guys have said, I I needed him up front. So he comes in. But I'm still quite keen on changing that one midfield spot. That's kind of why I went for Mane rather than Salah, because I I almost wanted to force myself to not bring in Salah so I wasn't stuck with this big expenditure and a player that you should have all season. If if I brought in Marley and it didn't work out, then I would feel good about the strategy, moving him for a City midfielder after that. Um, so that's kind of my strategy. I'm slowly moving to smaller at the back. So drop Dinier for Kilman, which is a huge flood of cash, so I can bring in Bamford um, uh, yeah, the week after this, probably. Um, and maybe Mitchell stays on my bench with Kilman, um, and have a super cheap bench I've still got Vasilev so getting rid of him for Vasilev a striker 4.4 4, doesn't even play for Villa anymore so bringing in Bamford is pretty crucial for me at the moment otherwise I'll have Vasilev, Kilman and Mitchell and Sucek. um so yeah that's that's kind of my strategy rotate those premiums for captaincy and move to smaller at the back I think I'm thinking of keeping Trent or Robertson but apart from that um even Saïs, if he starts to lose his place. I just, I really like the look of those, lots of the 4.5s, like Carl Walker-Peters, Masuaku, um, even thinking about Aston Villa defenders like Matt Target, um, in mind of the double game week coming up for Aston Villa, uh, Burnley, so Charlie Taylor at Burnley, um, you know, just, I know it's a long way off, probably that double game week but we know that those teams man united man city aston villa and burnley are going to have one at some point so um just bearing that in mind with with transfers because some players you want to keep long term and it'd be nice to have them with a double game week as well um okay so there's some really good talking points that we've covered there um next up it is uh, a chance to take a look at the listeners league so ben do you do you want to take us through that?
2: Yeah, quickly rattling off the top five. Uh, first is Darren Axton. Uh, second is Son. Uh, Gary's wife, uh, Adam O'Connor. Third, Rohan Dial. Fourth, and then Gary himself is is in in the top five, hanging on. So it's the the
0: Taylor family are dominating our our league, aren't they? Yeah.
2: Um, yeah it looks like great. some of Son's expertise is rubbing off on Gary, huh? <laughs> Um, top scorer this week. We're only half, kind of two thirds through the game week. Um, is David Moyes, uh, who I think we've, was a favourite of the pod last year, taking time out of his busy schedule to play FBL? He's got fifty six points uh, this week. Um, Carl Walker Peters. He's got early favourite. Got five points. Uh, Robin Koch eight. Captained Zaha. 26 ah, points. Man,
0: it's rubbing it in our faces. And he's not even playing any of his own players at West Ham.
2: Yeah. It's madness. It's, uh, it's genius from David Moyes. Also has uh, Jimenez for nine. So he's saying, well, at a quick look, I think the lowest score this week. Is it me? So, no, it's, it's not you. <laughs> okay, um, Arman Gulati has 10 points so far. Um, he had Tyron Mings, Trent Mitchell. Saha, uh, I mean Saha Salah, um, Calvert Lewin. He's got Kane captain, um, so I think he'll be hoping that he has more than ten points um, at the end of the game week. But yeah, that's kind of how the Listener League is looking. I'm afraid to say, outside of Gary, the other four Potters, we aren't doing too hot. I
0: I was in the top twenty last week. Have I? I've dropped a long way since then. I'm guessing. Yeah, but. Thirty-five. Is top,
2: is top twenty anything to be proud of? I don't think. Hey, so, right? <laughs> I, I
0: feel. I feel like it's like top twenty k at the end of the season. It's pretty good. You'd be happy with that. Yeah, top twenty yeah, in true. the listeners' league. I'd be happy with that. That's true.
2: And yeah. let's,
1: let's like, this is this is like the cream of the crop as well, right? This is, these are this is this is like a random selection of players. This is, I know. these are high quality listeners
0: of our league these genuinely are the best of the best like if if you listen (laughs) to our our amateur podcast then you are hardcore so yeah there's some stiff competition in there um if you don't listen to us on twitter we're at fpl fanatics um and if you like the show please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts um we'd really appreciate that um captains and transfers guys Uh, Andy I'm going to come to you first
1: I've already obviously mentioned that um, my my transfers this week have been um, Kufal in Padinia because of the red card Um, and I've brought in Brewster for Ollie Watkins Um, but that's obviously that's two big downgrades and so I've now got 3.3 million in the bank and uh, so I've got to make a decision now of whether I want to take a, a, a four point hit um, and either Saint Maxima or Rodriguez go out for somebody more expensive. I could do Rodriguez for Bruno, or I could do um, Saint Maxima for a uh, Hulisic or someone like that. So um, I've got a bit of an interesting decision to make there. Um, we'll see how that goes. And then uh, captain, I think captain just sits on Kane, doesn't it, for
2: the for foreseeable future?
0: Okay. Yeah, good decisions, I think. What about you, Ben?
2: So I've saved a transfer. Um,
0: before,
2: before today's game week, I was going to do Jimenez uh, to Bamford, Rhys James to Chilwell, legend Roman Seiss to Kilman.
0: What? Getting rid of the top-scoring defender in the game who's playing left wing-back.
2: I know, I know. Um, but after today with him and his scoring, I might, do, I might just do Reese James to chill well and try and fund that. I think I may, da- I may still downgrade Say to Kilman. I don't feel so bad about it because they're about to hit a pretty tough fixture on.
0: And also, he, um, he got subbed off for Marth- Marshall, didn't he? The left yeah. hand back. Yeah. So he could lose his place potentially.
2: Um, and then the following game week, I think then, then I'll probably make my Bamford move and then potentially upgrade Foden. Then I can upgrade Foden to a 9.5-type a midfielder. Um, it, may end up, it, it, may end, it may end up just being Wilfred Zaha or, or Rodriguez <laughs> if he, uh, if everything get their groove back. Um, Rashford is an interesting one, but I think Manus is a little bit too tough right now.
0: And so, what yeah. about captaincy?
2: Uh, Harry Kane, every week.
0: Surprise, surprise. Okay. Um, for me, like I've said a couple of times, I dropped Dinia early for Kilman. And then Andy told me in the news about Rodriguez hobbling. I kind of hope Rodriguez is one of these players who makes a lot of out of his injuries, but then actually turns out to play. But we'll see. If he doesn't play, big Suchek is coming off the bench for me. And I can never be sad about that. Ever because if that man scores any points and he's not in my team, I'm going to be gutted because I've played <laughs> him through some awful fixtures and he's got a lot of two pointers for me. It's so... funny
2: because we've we've talked about all these great West Ham assets. <laughs> as
0: <Zutek is> <laughs> uh, do you know what though? Still, still in the game this week, he's still like. He'll pass to someone in midfield and then he'll just run straight at the goal and wait for that ball to come in. <laughs> he, was, he was the third man. He gave it to Kufal to put the cross in. Um, he, he's going to get some goals. He, he is. One, one of these weeks, <laughs> Tuchel
2: will get a brace.
0: And he will and be on my you, bench. You yeah.
2: will have to have him yeah. on your team.
0: Uh, I won't. I just won't because I'm moving <laughs> to a moving to a three four three and going to drop him. Um, so this so, reminds
1: me from uh, was the last season or before. I can't remember now when, when Duncan was like everybody should get Yerry Mina in their team. Do you know how many goals he scored for Barcelona? And it took him like a year and a half to score. <laughs> oh.
0: And now what's happening? All the Everton centre backs are scoring. Gary, last pod, I uh, I actually passed Yerry Mina over to him, so he's he's Gary's looking after him now for us, um, <laughs> and he's going to take good care of him. I hope. I think that's the pod, guys. Um, Just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Andy. It's
1: been a pleasure, and uh, I haven't prepared anything to say.
0: Brilliant, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Insight Ben. Uh,
2: You're welcome. I hope Suchek continues to blank for you, Duncan.
0: Yeah, Uh, he'll get those goals, and hopefully, it'll be next week when he plays in my team. All right, speak to you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.